Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. something that uh, I was looking through the Bible praying and asking God to give us something that we needed and when I went through looking and read through the in the book of Samuel and Kings and first second Kings and all that stuff you find that people are a great discouragement and I was thinking about the number of people shows up for certain things and many times they get excited about the things that are important to them. A ball game, stock car race, everything that's not important. But when it comes to spiritual matters, comes to the Word of God, people begin to look and say, well, we don't have time for church. And people have a reputation and there was one fellow that I worked with years ago, and he took pride in coming in early. He wanted to be the first one there. And they're in business, I think, today. They run an electric company. And for no specific reason, he just said, I want to be first. And he would come in, and I would say, did you go to church yesterday? No, I didn't go to church. Week after week, I didn't go to church. So one Monday he came in, he said, I couldn't go to church yesterday. I said, well, that's not unusual. He said, my wife is sick. I said, is she well today? He said, no. I said, you hypocrite. You stayed at home with her on Sunday, but you come to work on Monday. And they're still in business, as far as I can tell. They're smart people and good people. And I was trying to find something that would be down just simple. It's 7.30. And I'll be finished before 12 o'clock, a long time before. But you don't have to have a big crowd for God to be in the midst. And I was feeling bad and not seeking sympathy. And I was about to call Lewis and Seemed like God touched, but I said, uh, just looking at what God's doing in people's lives is a blessing. And I want to give you something tonight that I was going to get encouraged from looking at the different things that are happening in the lives of individuals in the Word of God. But I'm telling you the truth, if you want to get discouraged, look what the people did in the Bible. Men that serve God. Abraham and his wife said, go in unto Hagar. And who in the world would tell the husband to do that? But she did. And you find that all through there, and they would go out and they were killing people. Well, I said, I don't want to do that. They might want to kill me. But I said, I don't want to go out doing all that, those things. And then I thought about, this is the, what I want you to think about tonight. There is somebody, well, I say everyone that you see 
is either on their way to heaven or on the way to hell. It may be your loved one, maybe some friends. And I have talked to many, many people. And I have, even today, a man came by and he said, I'm looking for uh, House B. I said, right next door. And I said, here's something you need also. And he thanked me, took the gospel track. I can find a place everywhere I've been that people will have been receiving God's word. And so I was thinking I could not get much encouragement from somebody that would listen to their wife and commit, do what? And I, if Abraham did the right thing, that's him. If Solomon loved many strange women, that's Solomon. And you find that in the Bible, David, a man after God's own heart. So I was getting discouraged looking at what God's people did. And I found out I was about the only one perfect. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about how wonderful it is that God is perfect. Amen. And I'm glad he forgives sinners and saves sinners. And so I want to get something simple that you can put into practice yourself. And I want you to look in the book of Acts tonight. Acts chapter 7. But I'll get there in just a little bit. I want you to notice something that is so important. I want to talk about a couple of words and not long, just thanking God for the privilege to preach. And if anyone wants to preach, you have an opportunity everywhere you see someone. And I go to the grocery store, go to the bank and everything. And I told them the other day, I said, if I decide I want to rob a bank, I said, I put on a mask and y'all will never know who I am. But I said, here's something to help you when you meet God. I'm looking for something that's simple, something that's applicable. And I pray that God will help us tonight to put something into practice what we already know. It might be your friend, it might be your husband, it might be your wife, it might be your children, maybe your neighbor. And I've had some terrible things told to me about the family. Well, I don't have anything to do with my family. And one man said, I want to go to hell where my friends are. That was many years ago, but I said, your friends will not want you to come to hell. The rich man didn't. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the people that have assembled for these few moments tonight. I pray that we'll learn something from your word that will be beneficial, that be spiritual, and be helpful to some person and a blessing to us. And for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. We look in the book of Acts. We find there's something, you know, I wanted to notice three words. Number one, I want you to notice the word salvation that we are interested in. We notice sanctification, that's living right after you're saved. And then service. You look at the Word of God, and the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 7, they're talking about something that's important. But start with John 3.16. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's not God's will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. And some people have said that people don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve heaven, but God by his grace has given us an opportunity to be in heaven because he loved us and Jesus died for us. And if you jot these three words down, you might can study and get something out of them yourself. The word first one is salvation, and then number two, sanctification, and I jotted this one down, service. What must I do to be saved? We need to have people that are surrendered to serve the true and the living God. The man came by today and he wanted to know where Lewis lived. He said, House B. I said, Right next door. And here's something for you a gift. And he thanked me and went on his way. But I'm just saying, the opportunities that we have every day that people could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what must I do? He said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But I find if you want to get discouraged, you know what will discourage you? Start looking to Christians. If you want to find out how to be faithful, look to the people that you don't get encouraged by the ones that are here many times. You get encouraged by those many times people stay out, but they have legitimate reasons for being out. But think about this. 65 people a few days ago but where do they go? And I believe that the virus is an excuse for many people, not all of them, but it's an excuse for some people just to not be in the house of God. They weren't faithful to start with. A lot of them just hip, I mean, here and yonder and did not really matter. And I think about that time we went to church and Buddy Mullinax was preaching there at Victory Baptist Church and he was, well, I think 12 people. People said that they had their services on Wednesday night and they did not come to Victory Baptist Church on Wednesday night. And when we got there, I said, my goodness, it was a good crowd last night, but this is Wednesday night and looked like they'd be the night to be in the house of God. But then if they were at their church, that's okay too. But the greatest service I think I've ever been in at the, at the church there was that night when of less than 15 people. And it's because God's there. How many times have you gone to pray and you found that there was something wonderful when you started to pray? And when you got in touch with heaven and heaven got in touch with you. And the Bible says, the half was not told me when they came, the queen of Sheba came, see King Solomon. And so we find what must there do to be saved? Salvation is the first step. And a lot of people are in church that have never been saved. They've never called upon the name of the Lord. And I'll tell you about a man. He's written a booklet. I could give his name, but I'm not going to. Uh, he's pastoring. He may be dead now, but years ago he was pastoring a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church. And they ordained him. And they said, when did you get saved? He said, well, I had so many experiences, I don't know exactly when I got saved. And so some of them didn't think they should ordain him. But they said, well, he said he 
had so many experiences, so they went and ordained him. And I have his booklet at the house. It's written a, a good long sermon. But he said that he told them that he had so many experiences, he didn't know when he got saved. And then later on, he started preaching, and he got under conviction. The Holy Ghost got a hold of him, and he got saved. And he called up the people that ordained him and said, I want to turn my ordination papers in. said, I got saved, and, uh, and I, I wasn't even saved when y'all ordained me. They said, you're saved now, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. Glory to God. He, they said, well, keep the paper. Go to preaching. And he became the pastor of a great big church. I'm saying here, glory to God, there are people preaching that have never been to Calvary. And I'm glad for that day when my mama told me about Jesus Christ. And she said, I'm going to pray for you. The simplicity of it. And look at your children. Look at your friends. Look at your neighbors. And I'm telling you the truth, I see these people going up down the road, and I say, I've got a, something good for you. But most of the time when you tell them that, they say, do you have a little money I can get? Well, I take that along with it, too. Right up here the other day, a man said, well, said, uh, I need something to eat. I said, what did you buy? How would you buy those cigarettes you got? Boy, those things are high price. They were 20 cents a pack, and I didn't smoke them when they were 20 cents a pack. My rare end smoked some when Mom and Dad got a hold of it, but I never smoked the cigarettes. But he said that he found those cigarettes on the ground. I said, not many people are going to be throwing the cigarettes around on the at that price. But I gave him a little bit of money to go into the store to get him something to eat. He came out smiling like I don't know what. I felt so good. I said, glory to God, he might be smoking cigarettes and everything else, but I'm glad I gave him something that he can eat and something he can read and something he can get to heaven on. And I'm thanking you. And this is what I want you to see tonight. Take advantage of the opportunities that you have. Have you been saved? Have you been born again? Have you redeemed, have been redeemed by the precious blood of, blood of the Lamb? Redeemed, this is what the songwriter said, redeemed how I hate to proclaim it. That's about the way most people are. But no, it was written, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed his child and forever I am. That's something to shout about. Heaven bound. And I'm glad we're heaven down, as Mays Jackson said, with the pedal to the metal. Amen. Going glory land just in sight. What must I do to be saved? When I wanted to be encouraging tonight, I read about what Solomon did. I read about what Abraham did. I read about what this one did, and what this one did, and what this one did. And I'll tell you one thing. I thank God for His grace. You find a man that'll tell some of the things that Abraham did and Solomon told him and uh, Saul and all of those people, you'd say, I don't want to follow that. And God doesn't want you to do exactly what everybody else did. 
But I'm glad here tonight we can look at God's Word. What must I do to be saved? The Bible said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the beginning point. If a person doesn't get saved, nothing else matters. But what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What would it be like to be cast into the lake of fire forever and forever and forever? I'm telling you the truth. I think about this. And when we look at the things that the virus is causing, it's not the virus causing the trouble as much as it is the people that are trying to use anything possible to stay away from God's house. You can go to the honky-tonks. You can go to the places like they like, and then they go to the house of God, and they want to destroy you. But I'm saying here, we need salvation. And we find that people today, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's complicated, isn't it? Believe on the Lord. Well, I've always believed in God. No, I'm saying believe on Him, trust Him, receive Him as your personal Savior. Trust Him for the Savior. But believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved. And the second word I thought about was sanctification. People are afraid of that. You look at this. And I remember uh, we went to, uh, I, I see somebody going without a shirt. And I didn't feel too bad about it. Mama said, you should wear a shirt. Well, when God called me to preach, and I, I'm telling you the truth, I felt, I felt so bad showing my manly physique with that skin. I'm saying here, I didn't look near, I mean, I was embarrassed at how I looked. That's the reason I cover up as much as possible. And it, I tell you, I don't blame some people who want to put on a mask, but if I, that, might, I, that might work pretty good. But I'm saying here, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and God called me to preach, I went outside, had my shirt off. I said, oh my goodness, I better get some clothes on. I'm telling you the truth. You look at all these things. Sanctification, that's a word that only the Pentecostals will use. They said saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm glad we can make a difference in the lives of people, and we can shout the victory, we can rejoice in the blessings of God, and I'm glad it's because we're people that believe in sanctification, set apart, sanctified, cleansed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find that people today are trying to cover the fact that they uh, don't have Jesus Christ. And I'm glad he is one that we need to exhort. Uh, we need to be exhorted by and be used as an exhibition for us to follow for the grace of God. We find the service. Where does the service come in? Well, I couldn't get much encouragement from a reading. The more I read about Daniel, well, Daniel, was, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Daniel is not the word I meant to say, but uh, Daniel was the one that encouraged. When he faced the problem, praise God, he said, there's a God in heaven. Well, I'll tell you, Daniel's going to go in the den of lions. He didn't go in a lion's den. If he went in a lion's den, they might not have been home. But the Bible said it was a den of lions. And he said, I'm not going to bow. And we found the Hebrew children. The Bible speaks about them, tells what they did. And they said, well, you can put us in the fire, but we're not going to bow. We're not. And praise God, they didn't burn. And I'm glad we cannot understand. I cannot understand what God has done many times in my own life. And I think about the number of times when I did not know I was in danger. 
That night, my mama said, well, you're in danger. Uh, when you, it was on a night, we didn't have a telephone. Now you got one on every corner. You got one there. I finally found out how to answer this phone that they gave me the other day. Uh, let's see. So Mayor Anna's got it. Uh, but I'm saying here, I, I, I learned how to do it. It said contact. And I was going through it, and I was trying to learn to use it. But we didn't have a telephone. And then the phones came, and they had about three or four on the service. And I remember we tried to make a phone call. If you make a phone, try to make a phone call about three, two, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, the children would they'd be talking about homework, homework, homework. And now you have to run. We had to run and call somebody, hey, God, well, look what you have today. But we can't even tell people next door that we love Jesus. We can't make out, we can't make things that are so simple to be made known for people. We, and God's given us opportunities with the communication, with the transportation, with everything that we have. We find that it's so wonderful to have the sanctification and follow the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can give out the gospel. You can tell people about Christ. And you can look at the things of God. And then we find there's something that we need. We need to be surrendered to serve God. Now, people say, well, I'm a Christian, and I'm going to church, and I'm doing the best I can, and I doubt seriously that anybody's doing that. Well, there may be some doing it, but very few people doing everything that they could. We could do better, and I, I'm amazed at what Beacon Baptist Church has been able to do. I, I begin to wonder, where in the world is Brother Lawson? He might be listening to this, but where is he getting all this money? Uh, I wonder if we, I begin to wonder if we got a, uh, do we have a counterfeit machine? Lewis said, we ain't got that. No, it's God's blessing, and God's doing great things in people's lives, and you can't outgive God. But I can remember the times that when God has taken care and done things that we never thought would be possible, and I'm glad we're still on the glory road. I'm glad we're headed to glory, and I'm glad we have something to rejoice in. We have something to praise God over, and we find that it's sanctification, surrendered. We find the service that we have, and so we find that, oh, look at the Bible, wrap that up, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Bible says, and thou shalt be saved, and the Bible says, number one, that salvation is a gift. What kind of gift do we have? It's a gift that came from heaven, a gift that came to hell deserving sinners. And praise God, it pleased the Father to bruise his son that you might have eternal life. Salvation is a gift. But I want to move to another part right here. Here's something that we don't like. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 7. And I want to look at a few things here. Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. Acts chapter 7. There are 60 verses in chapter 7. And that is about Stephen. The Bible says, Men and brethren and fathers hearken, Stephen being called, answers his accusations, and then they stone him to death. Now, isn't that amazing? Think about it. A person that does something great, 
And if you do something for the Lord, you will be persecuted more than if you went out and got drunk. They will persecute you if you say, I believe we must go to church. We must have certain standards and have that. And people will criticize. And what did they do to Stephen? And I think, and I was thinking about this. If you want to do something when you get home, I want you to just read chapter 7 of, of the book of Acts. It's 60 verses. You see how it started. And I read it today. The first part was, then said the high priest, are these things so? The Bible says when they were looking at Stephen, what do people get when they look at you? Do they see anger? Do they see love? Do they see compassion? You look at that. Well, when they came to Stephen, the Bible says it looked like the face of, I mean, it it was wonderful when you get to the last part. The Bible says, and they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, hallelujah, the Bible said he fell asleep. Stoned him. What did they do? Look at verse 58. The Bible said they cast him out of the city. So you say, preacher, what are they going to do to me? I don't know. I don't know what the Democrats and the Republicans are going to do concerning this virus. They found something that they can scare people with, and people have been dying, and the Bible has already said that it's appointed unto man wants to die. And we want to prepare for the virus. I want to prepare for heaven. Amen. Prepare for eternity. Yeah. And thank God for salvation through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm glad that you cannot lose when you have Jesus Christ. And Stephen, praise God, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in my heart because of God's amazing grace. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you one thing. When I said at the age of 35, I'll be, be leaving about 85, and I passed that. That mile marker. And I'll tell you what I think about what I even preached about 50 years ago. But I'm glad, glory to God, go back to Calvary. Go down at the cross where my Savior died. I'm glad you can't lose. You're on the winning side. You're heaven bound with the pedal to the metal. And I'm glad, glory to God, we're glory bound. Canaan land is just in sight. And I'm glad Jesus Christ may come tonight. He may come before sunrise. He may come before we finish this message. And praise God, I'm glad we're head, headed to that eternal city. And I wouldn't trade places for anyone, anything. And I'll tell you what, one reason I said I, I was going to preach about this one and Solomon and Abraham, but I'll tell you what, I have a better example than those, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we find a man here going through what Stephen went through, and praise God, he kneeled down. Hallelujah. And Lord, hallelujah. We can't stand for somebody to call us a crook or something. And I'll tell you one thing. Somebody told, asked me years ago when I was preaching to Swanson, said, you want me to tell you what I heard about you? I said, no. 
I said, if you tell me what I, what I, somebody said, I'd be one who said it. And they said, you, my wife, they would told me, they, I mean, they told me to my face. And what made it so bad, they were telling the truth, how bad I was. And we find the Bible says in verse 58, notice in the Word of God, and cast him out of the city. They cast Stephen out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down the clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Saul, you keep these clothes. Well, praise God, I'll tell you, that Saul is the one that God got a hold of also. And he started, and he suffered, and he went through the valley. He went through storms, but glory to God, he said, none of these things move me. And we find in the Bible, someone said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto me, that I may finish my course with joy. And I'm glad, glory to God, I'm near in the shore. And I think about this, and I keep thinking about what I said many years ago. I'll be leaving about the age 85. My wife said, why don't you, you shouldn't have said that. Well, I didn't think I would get that far. <laughs> Hallelujah. See the city limit sign. Hallelujah. Heaven's just over. It's just about home. Glory to God. And I'm glad they cast him out of the city. In verse 58, the Bible said they stoned him. In verse 59, Stephen complained, griped, and grumbled. No. Praise God. Hallelujah. In verse 59, the Bible says Stephen prayed. And then 60, hallelujah. They didn't kill him. He fell asleep. Hallelujah. And the Lord Jesus received my spirit. Praise God. I'm glad he's heaven bound. And I'm glad. I, I wonder how he was feeling and what he was feeling. He must not have felt it because he was praising God. And he fell asleep. Asleep in Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. And this what, and I'll tell you what. Oh, I better be quiet. Amen. He fell asleep, glory to God. And we find here in Acts chapter 10 and verse 5, send man to Joppa, call for Peter. Verse 44 of Acts chapter 10, Peter spake, Holy Ghost fell on them. Acts chapter 11, verse 1, the Gentiles also received the word of God. You know what? Right here tonight, there's somebody that can win somebody to Jesus Christ. I have been amazed. And I try, I do, do, do this to encourage. When I was in high school, they would have a, have a book report. And I would always be sick. Oh, Mama, I'm hurting. She said, what's hurting? I said, all over. I, well, I hate to tell you, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't telling the truth. But I found out we're supposed to have a book report and stand before the class. And I would feel better the next morning, nine times out of ten, maybe ten out of ten. And then when I graduated from high school, I remember they were telling what all, everybody would do. They said, we predict that you are going to be a newscaster. And this is a pipe that you can smoke between the newscasts. Between the newscasts. Now, Gabriel Heater, you don't remember him, do you? If you do, I, you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. If you could remember him. And seeing Walter Cronkite, some of those folks, and they were giving out the report. They were giving the news. 
And so I just put the little pipe away. I never smoked it. I uh, thought about it a few times, but didn't, have, didn't even get any rabbit tobacco to put in it. But I just put it up. Went back to the class reunion, and they said, we like for everybody to tell what they did, what you're doing. And I said, well, I got, they got to me. I said, well, when I was in the 12th grade, y'all said I would be a newscaster. And you gave me a pipe to smoke between the newscasts. And I said, I've got good news for you. God's called me to preach. And I said, I'm giving the good news. Jesus saves. And, and I said, another thing, I brought gospel tracts for everybody. And three people volunteered to help me give them out. Everybody taking them. Everyone in the class got a gospel tract telling them how to go to heaven. And praise God for what God is doing and how God has blessed us. And I have, and, but I want to look at the side that brought fear. Right here, somebody, y'all would do something if you wasn't afraid. But I have had people at Swansea and different places to ask me to go see someone. And I would volunteer to go with them to see their mom or dad, or see their dad. And one woman said, what would I have to do if I got saved? Would I have to quit smoking? I said, well, would that be important? Would it be worth going to hell over cigarettes? She said, no, I want to get saved. I said, well, that's the correct answer. Other people would say, uh, I'd like for you to go see my dad. I said, I'll go with you. He said, I can't. Oh, boys, I, 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 I'm scared of my dad. And you expect me to go see your dad? You're afraid to go see. So I went to him, hoping he wasn't at home. Knocked on the door. Real easy. He came up, what do you want? I said, uh, oh, I came to tell you about Jesus. I'm, I want you all to be encouraged, because I know you all do the same thing. He said, I want to tell you about Jesus. Come on in. Ooh, he going to get me in there and beat me up. I said, I came to tell you about Jesus. And he said he wanted to get saved. And I'm saying I was so thankful. And I've seen that time, several times, when people, I was afraid to go see them. Another instance down at Swansea, there's some mean people down at Swansea. They told me, but they wasn't like that when I was, I mean, when they saw me, they softened up pretty quick. But they were down there, and the man said, uh, somebody asked me to go see their dad. I was hoping he wouldn't be at home. They were talking about how mean he was. And I knocked on the door, and they said, I told them who I wanted to see. They said, he's not here. I said, praise the Lord. And I just about got back to the car. The door flew open, and they said, Hey, preacher, come back here. Daddy just walked in the back door. I went inside and talked to him about the Lord, and he said he wanted to get saved. And then his wife looked at me and said, I want to give you something. Well, they prayed and asked God to save him. He said, I'm glad you came. I said, I'm glad I came back. 
And his wife looked at me and she said, I want to give you some money. It was getting better. And she put some folding money in my hand. And I looked at her husband. I said, you see what your wife did? He said, I wish it was more. I said, I do too. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, you will find people that you are afraid to even mention anything about Jesus. And they will be some of the best people that I have found. And people have said that they would be mean. And my dad, and I saw somebody jump off the back porch and run. And I thought maybe they saw something. And I hollered at him. I said, hey, come back. I want to talk to you. He came back. I said, what's wrong? Where, where, where were you going? He said, I know who you are. I said, you do? He said, somebody told me about you. I said, what did they say? They said, you'll cram religion down people's throat. I never thought of that. He said, how do you do that? I said, I write John 3, 16 on a piece of paper, put it on a rubber band, put it on a stick, and poke it down your throat. He said, you don't. I said, no, that's not the way you get saved. But I said, God loves you. God wants to save you. He said he wanted to get saved. And he said, Preacher, you're nothing, you're nothing like they said you were. I said, I realize I'm indescribable. They cannot find a word to explain how crazy I am. But I want you to boil this down. If you can't be encouraged by Abraham, if you can't be encouraged by Saul, if you can't be encouraged by David, and you can't be encouraged by me, and you can't be encouraged by the preacher, and you can't be encouraged by the Christians, you know, glory to God, there's one you can always trust. Hallelujah. His name is Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Joy of Heaven, the Bright and the Morning Star, the Lily of the Valley, Hallelujah, Glory to God, Heaven Bound. So, Send men to Joppa, call for Peter. Peter spake, and the Holy Ghost fell. Gentiles also received the Word of God. And I want to ask you three questions, and we go. Number one, are you sure you're saved? The preacher said, well, I've had so many experiences. I know, I, I don't know when I got. I can give you his name. I got his book. He said he got saved because somebody didn't trust what he had. He found that it was not what God said. And we find here a necessity. Number two, not only, number one, are you saved, but number two, are you serving? What are you doing about it? It's good to go to the house of God. Everyone ought to go to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and so much the more as you see the day approaching. But that's so important. Are you serving? Does anyone know? And I'm thinking about so many instances where people 
said that, and they have, I have made appointments with people in Chapin and Batesburg and Leesville area. And I would say, and I did not take much time to do it. I was working in Mid-Carolina Electric Co-op and I had gospel tracts, but I didn't take a lot of time giving them out. I just, here it is, real quick. But I'd make an appointment with some of them and they would call my wife before I could get home and tell me not to come. And I don't know, quite a few, several that got saved because I did not listen to them. On Saturday, I said, my wife said, where are we going? I said, we're going to Batesburg. I got up there, I said, my wife said, you called. I said, don't come. Yeah, I told her, we ain't interested. I said, uh, you didn't listen. I said, no, I don't listen. I said, I'm not henpecked. I don't listen to my wife. But I said, I still won't tell you about Jesus. Him and his wife both got saved. He hugged my neck. He said, preacher, I'm glad you didn't listen. I said, I'm glad I didn't listen also. Amen. He said, I'm glad you came. And up at Chapin, somebody was going to a church. They got, said they got saved, him and his wife. And then he called me back. He said, preacher, you, you came and talked to us and said, I talked to my preacher and he said, we didn't do it right. And I said, well, I will, I'll come back and talk to you again. And when I went back to see him and his wife, I said, I want to ask you one simple question. Are you going to believe what the preacher said or are you going to believe what God says? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave, and the Bible said you must be born again. You call on Jesus, you receive him, know you're a sinner, and God will save you. And he told me, he said, Preacher, I'm glad you came back. I said, I'm glad I came also. How many churches are filled with people right now that they're on their way to hell? How many people have gone to the house of God, your loved ones, and how many of them? Praise God. And right here is evidence of God's grace and mercy. When Lewis serving God and praising God because of God's amazing grace. What a blessing. What a blessing. And I'm saying here, are you saved? That is a necessity. Are you serving? You have somebody, you, there's somebody everybody can win. I'll guarantee, well, I, and I'm just saying, I can't guarantee it, but God will guarantee that you can win somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then number three, are you satisfied with what you've done? If you're not satisfied, and I remember a song years ago, satisfied, satisfied. And I'm glad when my soul is resting in that promised land above, I'll be satisfied. I'm glad we can be happy down here. You can be a blessing to someone. You can be a help to someone. You can be a fireball for someone. And you can be the one to stand between that person and hell. And I'm thanking God for you folk, the faithful few. They've all, I've always heard those numbers, and I don't know how many makes the faithful, but I'm thankful for the ones that are faithful in serving God, going for the glory of God. 
And there is somebody that will be in heaven one day if you do what God wants you to do. And you will be so happy. The Bible says, and this is a sad thing, the Bible said in the books were open and another book, which is the book of life. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm glad, glory to God, I'm glad I got the assurance of salvation by believing, trusting, and receiving Jesus Christ. And I'm thanking God for you folk. Thank you for the faithful ones. And you'll find the faithful people. It's always every, and you find people, it doesn't matter what happens. By the grace of God, they're going to keep on going. And I remember Amen. when I was pastoring in Welcome Baptist Church in Union years ago, Ollie Harrison was a widow, and she got $60 a month. And they wanted me to be the treasurer. Boy, that's, that's a good job for a preacher to have. I was so glad. Of course, it wasn't enough money to make. It wasn't enough to turn me. It could have been a lot of money. It wouldn't have turned me because I was going to borrow something at the bank. I had good credit at the bank. But every Sunday, every Sunday, she would have a dollar and fifty cents. Next Sunday, a dollar fifty. Next Sunday, a dollar fifty. A dollar fifty. A dollar fifty. And I said, Ain't Ollie? That's six dollars. She said, Yeah, preacher. Said I get sixty dollars a month. I said, why don't you just write one check? I want you to put six dollars in. Hallelujah. I feel good when I think about what she blessed me with. She said, I don't ever want that offering plate to pass by me that I don't have something to put in it. Glory to God. And we need to get in it. We need to say, praise God, what an opportunity to support a preacher like Brother Lawson. And when I said I was resigning, I never dreamed that y'all would find such a great preacher within less than a month. I told Brother <laughs> Barry Rackley, I said, Barry Rackley, I said, I was thinking about resigning, but I said, it looked like, looked like the door shut so quick. And God said, you ain't. But I thank God for Brother Lawson, and I hope he's listening. And if he's listening, I thank God for you folk that are faithful when he's here and when he's not. And I'm glad we can come to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a wonderful God we serve. Hallelujah. Don't go to these people. If you go to those men in the Bible, you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of wives, and a lot of this. You get more encouraged when you just look at Jesus Christ. Trust him. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Oh, hey.